What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazanta here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com special episode for a very special week. The AFC Divisional Round of the Playoffs is upon us. And yes, our Cincinnati Bengals are in the postseason. And yes, they have advanced. It's unbelievable. The curse of the of Bo Jackson has been broken and the Cincinnati Bengals are moving on to play the Tennessee Titans, a very tough matchup. And to help us preview it, I've got Davey Hudson from the Believe Podcast Network. He is the co-host of the Believe in Titans podcast with former NFL defensive back and Titans defensive back Denard Walker, who has been on this show. And now we're pleased to have the other half of the duo joining us to talk about this matchup. Davey, how's it going today, man? Hey, Anthony, I'm doing well. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm looking forward to having this conversation as we preview what is the first matchup of the divisional round of the playoffs and, quite frankly, my favorite weekend of the NFL every single year. Yeah, the, the the first couple rounds are always pretty interesting. Sometimes there's a couple, as we witnessed last week, there's a couple of dog matchups that end up getting pretty lopsided in the wild card round. But this is really where you kind of get a little more evenly matched teams, some excitement, and uh, you know some of that home field advantage and all that kind of stuff plays into it. Before we get into all that kind of stuff, Davey, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got linked up with the Believe Podcast Network and Denard Walker and where our listeners can find all your all your good stuff that you guys are doing. Uh, certainly. I, I didn't have the typical path to get into the sports realm. I happened to start working for Fox Sports Knoxville when I was in law school and decided being a lawyer wasn't the thing. And I, I just loved sports so much. And so going that way, Ended up just opening a lot of doors, and I got on with the Believe Podcast Network a couple of years ago. It would have been right after the Titans had finished the the season in 2019 where they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, lost to the Chiefs in that one, but mm-hmm. was hooked up with Denard shortly thereafter. And he and I have just been talking Titans and arguing constantly about <laughs> uh, who knows what. But it's, yeah, we every week, uh, Denard and I, do a show. Uh, you can find us on all the main streaming networks for podcasts and just enjoy talking football. Well, appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's been awesome having now both of you guys on this program. We talked to Denard last year when the Bengals hosted the Titans in the regular season. The Bengals kind of pulled off a shocker there and beat the Titans relatively handily in that one. Obviously, both teams are completely different than that point in time, largely in the positives. So, We'll talk about that, but thanks, thanks for everything. We we love this partnership we've been having with Believe. They've they've given us all kinds of great guests, and uh, we're stoked on that. So thank you again for for joining us. Um, man, where to start with this? I, I guess kind of tell us, a, yeah, tell us if you can, you know, kind of catch us up on what has transpired this year for the Tennessee Titans, because you know, quite frankly, I don't think a lot of Bengal fans out there have paid close, close attention to the Tennessee Titans. They didn't play them this year. They're not in the same division. Obviously, they're in the conference. They're in the playoffs together. But um, kind of catch, catch us up because there's been some significant injuries, but the Titans have been able to weather the storm and have a very successful season overall so far. Very much so. And, and you mentioned it. Yeah, the Titans, the Bengals don't face off against each other very often. And both teams are in a smaller market whenever you look mm-hmm. at the relative size of most NFL teams. And so they often get overlooked by the national media. But both these teams coming into this matchup very hot. The key story for the Titans all year has been injuries. And it's the reason I think, one, Mike Vrabel deserves to be NFL Coach of the Year. They set the NFL record for using 91 different players this season. And it's one thing to do that and still make the playoffs, but they have somehow found a way to clinch a fairly weak division in the AFC South. No one's going to argue that, but then to hold on and beat 
teams like the Chiefs, like the Bills, and ultimately clinch the number one spot and get that much-needed bye week. The Titans having the extra week off going into this matchup is something that has been critical whenever you look at being able to possibly get the team's MVP and the best running back in the league and Derrick Henry back into the fold. And all signs are indicating that he will be starting come Saturday. Now, how much they end up using him in the game still remains to be seen, but just having him back will be a much-needed boost to both the morale of the team and very much so for the fans in Nashville. So to your point, you know, there's there's kind of a flip side of, of both sides of the argument here as to can, kind of continuing on the conversation of how the Titans got where, where they are right now. They've had to weather a ton of injuries to very, very important players, particularly on offense. And to your point, Mike Vrabel should be on that short list of coach of the year candidates. I think Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, should be on that list. I said Mike, Mike Tomlin of the Steelers should be on that list as well, just for getting to the postseason based on the lack of talent on that roster. That's a completely different conversation for another show. But point is, I, I respect what Vrabel has done. However, there is a little bit of a backhanded compliment a little bit in terms of some of the teams that they have beaten quarterbacks they have faced of late to maybe get into the playoffs and get to that first seed obviously a lot of people kind of talking about that Texans matchup Davis Mills kind of taking them to task in a, a little bit for a game they needed to really cement their seeding in what what would your response be to that kind of I guess, criticism a little bit as, hey, you know, that good team, but of late, they haven't played the strongest opponents, a lot of non-playoff teams on the schedule that got them there. It's definitely warranted um, to, I guess, counteract that a little bit. Uh, they were fortunate to take care of business early on, and so they did face some weaker teams down the stretch, but the Titans, it's, it's very weird, and if you follow this team, one of the things you realize is they usually play down to their competition to where it comes time, they'll beat some of the better teams in the league, but then they'll have like a loss like the Jets earlier in the mm -hmm. year or the Texans. But I, I would say whenever you look at a lot of the games this year that the Titans ultimately lost, the key factor was turnover turnovers and lack of weapons for Ryan Tannehill to get to. Uh, I mean, the offense down the stretch, they still, their identity is always going to be run first. We even saw that when Derrick Henry went out for the last nine games of the regular season. But what they wanted to make sure to do was if we can control the clock, we're going to be the most physical team each in every, every Sunday, we're going to be overpowering whoever is on the opposite sideline. And so by doing that, they've really been able to hold off some of these teams that have come back late into games and made it close. Um, it's, it's one of those things to where with the Texans late Titans lost some of their corners in that game. And that's when you saw the Texans start to have that comeback. The Titans were up 21 to nothing. And then the second half, Elijah Molden goes down, Danny Amendola starts to go off. And so they were able to find a way to get back into that game. Talking with Davey Hudson, the co-host of the Believe in Titans podcast with Denard Walker, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Happy to have him joining us and continuing a great and fun partnership with the Believe Podcast Network. They keep feeding us great guests like Davey, and we're, we're stoked to have them. Hey, um, talk a little bit about these wide receivers because they've missed some time. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones. Julio Jones, a big get in the offseason, but, you know, Julio has had a Hall of Fame-like career, but unfortunately he's had some major injuries, some minor injuries, and, you know, injury bug hit him again this year. Henry, A.J. Brown, but, um, you know, those wide receivers, they're they are back, they're healthy, and, um, you know, it's a big boost for this team. Talk a little bit about their impact, because everybody talks about Derrick Henry, the run game, being physical, 
But those guys are forces, obviously, to be reckoned with. Very much so. And I'm not the guy that's going to sit here and say like, oh, we got Julio Jones. Everything's going well. He's going to finally turn on the switch come playoffs. That's just not how I think things are going to work in this case. He's battled a hamstring injury for majority of the season. And so he didn't have his first touchdown as a Titan until the week 18 matchup against the Mm. Texans. And so it was very frustrating for majority of Titans fans throughout the season to see him constantly not be a factor, not be able to be out on the field, especially in crunch time. And so that has been something to where you're like, all right, well, he might finally be healthy now. Maybe he's able to do something in the playoffs, but I'm still kind of holding. I I still have some reservations there, but the other guy across from him, AJ Brown, a young stud, whenever it comes to some of the best young receivers in the NFL right now. The Titans, I really look at him because when he's healthy, the Titans have gone 11-2 and this season. And he's able to, one, stretch the field, but he's just able to go in and battle. I mean, whenever you talk about like a pure possession receiver, he's a guy that Ryan Tannehill can find. Uh, The best example of this is if you go back, you watch the Titans Thursday night matchup against the San Francisco 49ers. The Titans didn't really have many other options as far as getting that offense going. And then they just decided, you know what? We're just going to throw the ball to A.J. Brown every single time. And the 49ers had no way in stopping that from being successful. So, AJ is definitely a difference maker, but the thing is, in getting Derrick Henry back, and it's one of those things, myself, Titans fans, we still don't really know what this team is capable of because we only saw those three together, and I believe yeah. it was 120 snaps on the season. Now, there is a big difference whenever those three guys are on the field at the same time. Ryan Tannehill was averaging, they were averaging seven yards per play, which was by far the best in the league for any other team whenever you look at a big three. So, Ryan Tannehill, I understand there are a lot of questions of what he's capable of doing in the postseason. I understand that the Adam Gase impact, as I call it, is still showing. It's it's uh, it, the, the way in which the national media view him. They still view him as if Adam Gase, <laughs> I think, is coaching him, and that's a disservice right. to anyone. So right. it's it, it'll be interesting to see if he's able to, one, not commit any turnovers, because when he doesn't have – turnovers and I really just call them giveaways because they haven't been so much takeaways by the other team as it has just been the Titans just inexcusably just dropping the ball on an exchange uh, to the running back or just completely throwing a terrible pass that gets tipped or what have you and it's just been very frustrating at times for watching how that Titans offense can be very anemic but whenever you look at having some of these weapons back it's a completely different story. Well, I've got about like four different offshoot questions centering around Ryan Tannehill. I don't know how many we'll get to here, but obviously he is a big talking point for better or for worse. If you're on the Titans side of the fence there, look, I respect the heck out of what Ryan Tannehill was able to do. The Titans were in kind of a bad spot for, I guess, the better part of what, eight years or so between the Jake Locker situation, who I was a big fan of being here on the West Coast. I really like Jake Locker, but I was surprised that didn't work out. And then Marcus Mariota as well, another West Coast quarterback that did not work out. Tannehill kind of came in and saved the day. And now the Titans are kind of a perennial playoff team, but there are some playoff performances wherein he's thrown for less than 100 yards. There are some questions about him being able to carry a team like some of the others still remaining in the postseason uh, I, I guess here is, is we'll start with the game plan. Is the game plan with a, I guess, healthy Derrick Henry and the run game that they love to lean on, is it still going to be run heavy, control the clock, maybe keep that Bengals offense off the field, or 
Is it run a bit, set up play action, and let Tannehill kind of try and fire the ball downfield a little bit? What are you What are you expecting this week? Oh, I, I definitely think they're going to try to get Ryan involved in the play action game. He is so much more efficient in situations where he is able to fake the handoff. And I mean, that's usually where AJ Brown comes in uh, very handy. They have one play where basically uh, AJ is going to be running like what I would call like a, a back shoulder slant. And he just with Derrick Henry back there, it usually freezes the second level defenders just enough to where AJ's open and he's able to make, make a guy miss. And so the explosiveness will come into play. I would not be surprised to see offensive coordinator Todd Downing take a couple of deep shots early on just to see what they can do as far as maybe trying to open up the Cincinnati defense, because uh, whether it's Derrick Henry or not, teams continue to stack the box against the Titans and say like, you know what, Ryan, it's on you to beat us. Let's see if you can do it. And I was not a, a firm believer when they first went out and got Ryan Tannehill. And I'll admit I I've been proven wrong. I understand that he needs to play within his system. You look at this Titans team. I do feel as though they are set up as one of those early 2000 type Steeler t- or sorry, Patriot teams. And obviously with Mike Vrabel being the coach, he's familiar with that. John Robinson, the general manager also comes from the Patriot tree. So if Ryan is able to play within his system, he can be one of the most efficient passers in the league. He's uh, from his time starting in 2019 up until this season, he was top three in passer rating and pass efficiency. So it, it can work for Ryan, but, as we know, everything really does boil down to how you perform in the playoffs. In those first couple of games in 2019, you didn't need him because Derrick Henry was running for over 200 yards. Then they ran into the Chiefs. They had a lead. They blew that. And it kind of came back to be like, well, Ryan can't win in these types of situations. And then last year, uh, for whatever reason, the Titans, the defense had been the struggle all season, but their offense was the group that didn't show up in the playoffs against the Ravens. And so those questions remained in the offseason for Ryan. And so now he has a great opportunity to kind of get to some of the critics to maybe think, all right, maybe this guy is capable of doing something. And and I will say one of the stats that does take me away for Ryan is that since his time as a starter in Tennessee, he leads the league in fourth quarter and game winning drives at 13. Wow. Okay. So look, Big game for him. Big game for the Titans. We'll talk a little more X's and O's and keys to the game matchups and all of that, but just kind of keeping on the Ryan Tannehill conversation a little bit right now. Long-term for the Titans, what does this game and this postseason specifically mean for him and the direction of the franchise? He's had a lot of good, like I said, he really grabbed, helped grab that Titans team out of a couple of bad quarterback situations and has played overall pretty well. You mentioned the comeback wins, et cetera. What what do you think this week means either result, right? I mean, he's in his 10th year, third with the team. Uh, and, you know, if they don't get past this round, there's going to be some questions. If they get past this round and maybe not the next or what have you, there'll be some questions again. If he goes all the way to the Super Bowl, there'll be no questions, I guess. But I don't know. what What's your take on the future of Tannehill going forward long-term with this team? Might they be looking for a quarterback heir in the next draft or two to replace him? Because he is in his 10th season right now. Right now, I would say that they expect him to be the quarterback for the foreseeable future, unless like something crazy just happened Saturday and he's got a four turnover game. I I don't see those questions really being brought up in-house. Now, they could look to draft a quarterback later in the round, somebody that they see as a project, because outside of Ryan, as far as the backup, it's Logan Woodside, a guy out of Toledo, but not many people have ever heard about him. So We know him. Bengals drafted him. We know him. Yeah, yeah, they, they don't really have a whole lot in the backup department there. But a couple of years left on the deal, and 
I don't see a reason why they would try to change anything up now. But the Titans, they are in win-now mode. You look at the trajectory since Mike Vrabel has been the head coach in Tennessee. First year, winning record, but they missed the playoffs. Second season, fell short of winning the AFC South, but they were able to go to the playoffs, upset the Patriots on the road, and then go take on the number one Ravens, upset them. And then last year, another playoff win, or I mean, another playoff appearance, but they were able to clinch the AFC South. And this year, clinch the AFC South, get the first round by with the one seed. And so Titans fans are expecting a AFC championship game. And I think with how this team has been built over the last several years and what they currently have structured when it comes to their contracts, they're in win now mode. And I think there's going to be a lot of angry people if the Titans don't find a way to advance to the next round of the playoffs after this weekend. Talking with Davey Hudson of the Believe Podcast Network, co-host of the Believe in Titans podcast with Denard Walker. Happy to have him with us for a little while longer. Hopefully you're still okay on, oh, on we're time good. there, David. All right, cool. I'm always down to talk football. <laughs> Me too. Me too. It's been almost a daily thing these days. It's kind of cool. So we'll move off a of Tannehill. Poor guy. We're, we're beating the Tannehill topic to death. But no, here, he, but... he does have an opportunity to kind of elevate himself out of that discussion because I, I agree when you yeah. look at Joe Burrow and you look at Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, he's in a different tier, uh, especially in how he's viewed nationally. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about Titans defense because I think it's, there are parts of it that are sneaky, sneaky good, especially up front. Uh, and not a lot of people are talking about these guys on the defensive line that should be household names, but maybe aren't Jeffrey Simmons, etc. cetera. Um, but there are some, some good, and some issues in the secondary. I saw some recent statistics wherein the, t- the Titans are kind of in the lower echelon in terms of some of the past defense metrics and stats. Um, this week, what, what scares you and what doesn't if you are the Titans defense facing the Cincinnati Bengals? The thing that would scare me most if I am the Titans defense is Joe Burrow just being able to have a quick release and having time in the pocket. It's one of those things to where... I think this is the best front four that Cincinnati will have faced this season. Mm. Like you mentioned, they're not exactly household names, but they are the only team that has three guys on their front four with eight-plus sacks. All three are top 20 in the league in pressures, and they're a team that they don't send a blitz very often. I think they're second. They send the second-fewest amounts of blitz in the league, and it's because they've been able to generate a pass rush with the front four, which is completely different, as you mentioned early on, kind of like where these two teams were a year ago. Tennessee's defense was atrocious. They broke a record for a team to make the playoff with the fewest amount of sacks in a season. So the Titans, during the offseason, they said, this is a personnel issue, not a scheme issue, and so they changed out. So there's eight different starters on the Titans' defense than a year ago when they faced off against the Bengals up in Cincinnati. And I think that if Joe Burrow is able to have time, he's going to be able to take advantage of the secondary. I like the matchups that the wide receivers for Cincy has in Jamar Chase and the incredible run he's had. T. Higgins, a guy who actually grew up down the road from where I'm at now, and I've I've followed him since his days in high school at Oak Ridge. And then Tyler Boyd, also sneaky good. So the the Titans, they have done a, a pretty good job in the department of even though the receivers have been able to rack up some yards against them, they play a lot of bend, don't break. So they've limited a lot of explosive plays like those home run touchdowns. I know Cincinnati, I think they lead the league in 50 yard plus touchdown plays this season. So the Titans have done a pretty good job of eliminating that from happening and then holding teams to field goal attempts. And I think that's going to be a, a very big factor for the Titans to come out on top in this weekend's matchup. And, like I said, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Denard Walker, uh, my co-host, 
LSU grad drafted out of there. And so he's kept up with that program. And so he knows the Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase connection very well. And he speaks incredibly highly of them. I think if you're the Titans, they will probably put Christian Fulton, another guy who was on that LSU national championship team against him and kind of help over on that side. And then maybe leave Jackrabbit Jenkins uh, one-on-one with T Higgins. But I expect to see the Titans mix up a lot of coverages. It's not going to be strictly man. They are going to get pretty sneaky with what they're trying to do, especially disguising some things early on for Joe Burrow and Joe smart. I think he's going to be able to have his moments, but it all comes down to can that front four for the Titans be able to disrupt and create some havoc. And if they're able to do that, I think it bodes very well for the Titans chances of coming out victorious. Last week, the Bengals settled for field goals more often than they would have liked against the Raiders. Evan McPherson, rookie kicker had four field goals in that game, nailed all of them, which was awesome. Nailed his extra points, which was awesome, but uh, I know the Bengals and their offense were a little frustrated in terms of coming away some of those times with some field goals. Quickly, you mentioned his name, Jenkins. Uh, he appeared on the injury report. It sounds like he will be okay with an injury, uh, an ankle issue going on there. Practice Tuesday, showed up and did not practice on the injury report yesterday. Do you have any updates on him and or any other I think there's uh, Naquan Jones as well. Uh, he's on the he's on the injury report as well. So a- any updates that you have for so us? W- w- uh, the most recent report, I w- I'm with you all. I was kind of surprised to see him pop up on the in- Wednesday injury report, but I'm hearing that it's nothing. He's going to be good to go. Um, I mean, again, it's he's an older vet. Uh, I'm sure this time of the year, uh, just being very yeah cautious and not wanting to risk anything because Titans have had to go through a lot of cornerbacks this year. There was a game earlier in the season to where they signed Greg Maben off of the Arizona practice squad, and he played 100% of the snaps as soon as he got over there. He actually did pop up on the reserve COVID-19 list earlier in the year. So, again, you don't want to see Jack Rabbit go down if you're the Titans because uh, you're already a little short there in the secondary department. But if I look at some of the other matchups, the Titans are fairly healthy across the board, which is just weird because it's the time of year to where you obviously want to be as healthy as possible. But the Titans, I think they thought that the season would ultimately kind of be derailed by injuries. That was at least the talking point midway through, but they managed to survive that stretch, get the extra bye week. And now they look to go into this game against Cincinnati looking like they're going to be 100%. Well, you talked about it a little bit. We're talking, we talked some kickers and the Bengals have a pretty good one in their rookie, Evan McPherson. He's hit a lot of long ones. The guy kicking field goals for the Titans is Randy Bullock. Randy Bullock spent a few years with the Cincinnati Bengals, made some good kicks, did not make some of the longer kicks, some of the clutch kicks. You go back to week one, as early as week one of last year, he kind of injured himself on a, on a kick that would have tied the ball game at the time and send it to overtime against the Chargers. And, uh, you know, now he is with the Titans. has had seemingly a pretty solid year, 26 of 31, and 84% field goal rate. Uh, what What's your take on him? Uh, I know we're all curious as, as the Bengals side here. Enduring the Randy Bullock era, what's your take on him, and how has he been for the Titans this year? Uh, it's funny. The Titans have had some issues with kickers they, for the yeah. longest time. Kostkowski, they were, right? Wasn't that yeah, last year? Yeah, yeah, last year. For the longest time, they had a solid group whenever you look at having Rob Baronis for all those years. And then Ryan Suckup, after he left Kansas City, came in. He got injured. The Titans released him after he wasn't able to come back and be himself. And now he has won a a a world championship looking at the Super Bowl down in Tampa Bay. And so the Titans went through – They've had at least 12 kickers on their roster sure. since 
they released Ryan Suckup. And so Randy has been able to stay. I'll be honest, uh, the the nickname he has when things go bad is Fat Randy. And I'll be honest, I've kind of shouted that a time or two. But he has been fairly consistent as of late. I feel good on the point after attempts. I know that, that it's obviously can you make some big kicks and some big moments. He's been able to do that. He obviously had an opportunity to tie the game in overtime against the Jets way back when, missed that one. And I, I didn't know if he was going to be able to survive. But uh, the Titans, yeah, kicking has definitely been an issue. And I would really see how things are going late to see if he's able to come through in a moment like that. But yeah, it's, it's so weird with the Titans and kickers lately. It's, it's one of those situations where it can just be very frustrating if you're a fan of the team. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because for, you know, them being a, such a, you know, disciplined team and, and, you know, well-coached, et cetera, having some of those, having some of those kicking issues is, a little surprising. A couple more questions before we we get you out of here. I appreciate your time talking with Davey Hudson at Davey, D-A-V-E-Y underscore Hudson, H-U-D-S-O-N on Twitter. He is one of the hosts of the Believe in Titans podcast with Denard Walker on the Believe Podcast Network. I saw, I'm going to try and pin the comment here. I saw a comment and this is kind of a really odd, uh, odd story and uh, we'll we'll pin the comment from Pat Mace here. The Titans changed their ticket policy. I think it was as of late yesterday to stop potentially stop Bengals fans from getting tickets and or getting to the game. They really want to sell it out with Titans fans. I don't know. I've never really heard that before. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't really think of the Bengals as an obnoxious or rowdy fan base. I don't think the Titans as the same. I kind of there are a couple teams out there. Hello, Steelers that have obnoxious fan bases. So this was a little surprising. What's your take on this and what information maybe do you have insight that, that you have on this kind of policy that they're trying to implement? Yeah, it dropped last night. I was also a little surprised to see it. I know if you kind of look at ticket prices across this game and then the rest of the division around, uh, this one's been a hot commodity. Um, I, I really don't know why they've implemented it. I've not heard them implementing this before. I believe the Preds have done it, but I've not heard it from an NFL standpoint. Uh, the Titans just want to make sure, you know what, we got the home field advantage. I guess we're going to take it uh, to uh, to the extreme here. And <laughs> I guess if you're the Titans, you're, you're just hoping that it it limits uh, Cincinnati fans. I understand Cincinnati fans. It's not that far of a, a drive for them. And, I mean, this is the opportunity for them to win their first road postseason game in the history of the franchise. So I don't know if the Titans just kind of got a little scared there. They possibly could have. Uh, I'll be honest, I've not been able to get a solid answer on that yeah. topic, but I, I do think it goes to show that the Titans are like, you know what, we're taking home field advantage to the extreme yeah. and they're making sure, I, I believe you can change, you can exchange tickets starting Friday at 3.30. It's like a 24 okay. hour window beforehand where they can be exchanged. Okay. I uh, got a nice YouTube super chat here from Hooday. I don't know how you got that Twitter handle. That's a seems to be a hot commodity there, but <laughs> congratulations on being able to get that. I'm once again asking for backup defensive tackle, big boy Tyler Shelvin to play fullback. Not sure that that's going to happen. That super chat money, though, is going to go to the Javante Woods Foundation. We had Icky Woods on the show last night. He started a foundation in honor of his son who passed away from uh, some severe asthma issues. Go to the JavanteWoodsFoundation.org to donate or continue to donate this week as we bring you more shows. All of the super chat money and all that is going to go straight to that charity. So thank you, Hude. We're gonna we're gonna give that. We're gonna put that in the pot and go 
take it to the Javante Woods Foundation. Um, look, let's kind of start wrapping up if you're good with that, Davey. I don't know, man. There's there's so many variables. I, I kind of am, am thinking last week I was saying, you know, offensive balance, maybe get Joe Mixon involved. He had a good game against the Raiders previously, and this seems to be a good week, cold at home, all that kind of stuff. They never got that run game going, and it was still all Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They did not turn the ball over yet again, which is a big key. I, I think obviously having some semblance of balance is, is key, but I think Joe Burrow and those wide receivers potentially exploiting the secondary a little bit, which sounds kind of sacrilege with Kevin Byard back there and whatnot. Um, I, I don't know. What, what are some of your keys to the game for the Titans keys to a win for the Bengals? And then we'll get your prediction in just a minute. Uh, very much so. The number one thing I let off with for the Titans, protect the ball. If you don't have those turnovers, I think they're good enough on the offense and defensive side of the ball to win this game. And it, it comes down, everybody in the NFL always wants to talk about the pretty boys, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers. This game's going to come down to the trenches, and I think that's where the Titans have the edge on both the offensive and the defensive side. The Larry Ogunjobi injury, I think, is actually going to come back to really be an issue. They mentioned Tyler Shelvin. It's like there's a chance he's having to play quite a bit on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so, if, if you are the Titans, I think they are healthy and this is going to be the week they are, are ready to get after it. Uh, the, the one stat I have that Mike Vrabel has been absolutely perfect at since he's been the head coach in Tennessee is following a bye week bye. Yeah. or an extended week where they played on a Thursday night. The following game, the Titans are 8-0. The last case of that being the Titans beating the Miami Dolphins, who had won seven straight. They beat the Dolphins 34-3. to Dolphins were never able to get anything going. I by no means predict that to be the case here in this playoff round. But it just goes to show you that this team usually does come out prepared in these types of situations. And I, I think with Derrick Henry coming back, even if he's not 100%, I think that added bonus for one, the crowd atmosphere, and then just the morale for the team, I think will be enough to ultimately propel the Titans here. But if you're a Bengals fan, you still got to feel good about what Joe Burrow is able to do whenever it just comes to being at this point in his career and how intelligent he is and how well he's able to dissect dissect a defense. And if the Titans don't get that pressure on him, he's going to have a fun day. And I think he can remain cool and collected. And they got to get Joe Mixon going because if the Titans are having to add an extra guy into the box, it's going to open up more things for Joe Burrow on the outside. And the the reason that I mentioned the uh, the point with the Titans and only rushing for uh, Teron Davenport of ESPN, he put out the stat that the Titans have blitzed 18% this season, which is the second least in the NFL. They've gotten 35 sacks doing that, which is the second most with four-man pressures. Dropping four, or sorry, rushing four and dropping seven in coverage will be critical this week with Bengals. Joe Burrow's QBR drops by 34.6 when not blitzed. So again, it comes back to if the if the Bengals are able to protect Joe, then he's going to have a good day. And I think I could see the Bengals coming out on top here. But that that's my keys. It's going to start in the trenches in this one. And whoever's yeah. able to get the advantage there will ultimately, that'll be the deciding factor. Yeah, last, I mean, even though the Bengals weren't very successful at running the football last week, one of the things they were trying to do to negate the Max Crosby, Yannick and Gawkway effect was a lot of runs to them, at them. And, uh, you know, I, with with a number of players, you said that have eclipsed the eight sack mark across the defensive line. Maybe that's part of the equation again this week. We will see. Um, quickly, before I get your prediction, there's one player that also has both t Titan and Bengals ties. He is current left guard. Quentin Spain uh, started his career with the Titans. Um, 
I don't really know what specifically to ask, but I guess just your thoughts on on him, his time in Tennessee, and where his career has gone. Did the Titans miss him? Uh, I mean, I you know, just kind of some thoughts on Quentin Spain because the Bengals have had him on two one-year deals, and he's been pretty pretty solid for them overall. Yeah, I, I think Spain was a solid player during his time in Tennessee, but they really needed to do an overhaul of their offensive line uh, outside of Taylor Lewan. Uh, they really went out. They got Roger Saffold, who was from the Rams. He's been playing at left guard, and he's whenever he's healthy. I know he's an older vet, but whenever he's healthy, he's been extremely solid in both rush and uh, pass protection. So it's it's one of those things to where Spain was a good player, but I, I think the Titans saw an opportunity to upgrade there, and they did. And I remember last year, whenever the Titans went up to Cincinnati, I thought he played a great game against yeah. his former team, and he's probably wanting to have uh, a similar result come Saturday. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he was just off the the street there um, as a free agent coming into that game. He kind of was was bounced around a little bit. So, yeah. Anyway, let's get your score prediction. It sounds like you think that this is going to probably be a pretty hard fought, close game. If I'm gathering the the answers that you're giving us here, Davey, what do you, what do you think about this whole thing? This is a game to where I'm extremely excited i couldn't tell you the last time there's been this much anticipation for a a game in nashville and Mm -hmm. right now i still think just coming off of the bye that's going to ultimately help the titans whenever you look at just getting everybody back and being healthy it's it's a game of attrition and the titans they get stronger in the run game as the game goes on and just i kind of look across the Bengals defensive line i'm not sure if if they were to have another guy go down could potentially happen there, uh, whether it is Derrick Henry or Deontay Foreman in the backfield for the time. This is a close one. I have it 20 to 17 into the fourth quarter. And then I think the Titans get a down to where the Titans ultimately come out on top 27 to 17 in this one, but I could easily mm-hmm. going either way. And it's going to be a fun matchup for everyone. I think it might be one of the most entertaining game of the weekend. I think the bills are absolutely going to have their way with the chiefs about 14 points and so uh whoever does come out on top i think is going to be facing championship game the following weekend well it's interesting you know you mentioned about the bye week and obviously the impact that that has uh, you know rabel being eight no coming off of extended weeks buys that sort of thing that is not something to sneeze at for sure and you always kind of wonder, you know, some t- how do teams respond after long breaks? Is it actually a beneficial thing? Sometimes if you're a hot team and you take that break, sometimes you worry about losing momentum, but it does not seem to be the case for the Titans. And in their case, too, it just gave them an extra week for guys, important players to get healthy. So that is a big key. I think it's going to be a, a hard fought game, like you said, probably p- pretty close either way. We'll see what happens. Davey, we'll, we're going to get you out of here. Tell us again where to find your stuff, where people can follow you, especially this weekend as the Bengals take on the Titans in the divisional round. Yeah, Anthony, once again, I really do appreciate you all having me on. Brilliant. But you all can find me on Twitter at Davey underscore Hudson. You can listen to the Believe in on the Believe Podcast Network. You just go to your normal Spotify, tune in, uh, Apple Pod. You just type in Believe in Titans. You'll see the logo pop up of uh, my name and Denard Walker can listen to us every week as we just break down all things Titans. And I, I'm looking forward to the final buildup and to see what happens throughout the rest of the NFL playoffs. It should be a time to where you look at it. It's first time. And I think everywhere, all four games this week, the spreads by a possession or less across the board. So yeah, it should be a fun weekend for full board. 
Well, thanks for your time, Davey. Appreciate it. I said, you know, when we were getting started, I'm like, hey, maybe like 20 minutes and here we are past 35. So appreciate your time, man. I, I didn't mean to take up too much of it, but our chat was awesome. Have a great time this weekend. Hopefully, I, I would say good luck, but I, I secretly and selfishly <laughs> I, don't really wish I understand. that. But, uh, <laughs> I understand. But I hope it's a, it's a fun one regardless, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Anthony. I hope you all have a great day. All right. Take it easy.